Hey, this is Pastor Hubbard. I'm the pastor of Connecting Fellowship and welcome to Life on the Ship. Thank you for joining us. I pray this sermonic discussion inspires you and empowers you to connect with the true and living God. Enjoy the message. Father, speak to our hearts is my prayer. You know what your people need better than I can ask. So we say, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh in this place, this very hour. In Jesus' mighty name, all of God's people said, Amen. Rest in the Lord. My brothers and sisters, barriers are meant to be broken. Did y'all hear me? I said barriers are meant to be broken. An inexperienced woman was told that she was not right for television. This woman, who was born to a single mother, grew up in extreme poverty. And not only did she grow up in extreme poverty, but she endured a rough upbringing. In high school, she got a part-time job at an African-American radio station. And in spite of her personal obstacles, she entered and won an oratory contest that gained her a full scholarship to Tennessee State University. By the age of 19, she left college with one credit remaining to start her career co-anchoring at a local station. My brothers and sisters, eventually she was fired because she was told she was not right for TV. Are y'all listening to me? This woman who wasn't right for TV found herself hosting a third-rated TV talk show that she eventually propelled into first place. But this time, instead of firing her, they renamed the show The Oprah Winfrey Show. Barriers are meant to be broken. In the history of America, the glass ceiling for the highest office in the land was impenetrable until 2008. When a black man filled with hope from the south side of Chicago named Barack Obama became the 44th president of these yet 
to be United States of America. All I'm trying to get you to see is that barriers are meant to be broken. And my brothers and sisters, on a hill that looked like a skull, in Aramaic, they called it Gogatha. In Latin, they called it Calvary. Jesus, the son of the most high God. Jesus, the second person of the majestic plural. Jesus, our sacrificial lamb, broke through the greatest barrier known to mankind. Jesus broke the barrier of sin for you and for me. Somebody should have shouted right there. Somebody should have shouted because the barriers of our sins were meant to be broken. And I've come by this morning to tell somebody, I come to tell anybody, don't let barriers get in your way of what you want to accomplish in your life. Don't let barriers of wrath and anger, uh, don't let the barriers of sin and selfishness, don't let the barriers of weariness and restlessness get in the way of the greatest year of your life. God sent me to tell you that it's time. To break some barriers. If you're going to break barriers this year. This means that you will have to trust God. To help you identify your barriers. Hmm. Trusting God to have the best year of your life. Means that uh, you will have to name the barriers of your trust. And as we journey further into this new year, I've got a question for you. Can God be trusted? Oh, Oh, I heard a few. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But I want to ask you one more time. In the very real sense, can God truly be trusted? Because trusting God to lead us into the future means that we must identify the barriers that impede our fidelity to him. We must name those things that are constraints to our confidence. Throughout this powerful psalm, David encourages the people of God to trust in the Lord. Verse number three, David pins trust in the Lord. Verse number four, he pins trust also in him. Uh And I'm so glad uh, these were his chosen words because trusting in God is paramount, I say. To experiencing the best year of your life. To trust God means to put your confidence in him. Mm -hmm. You see, when I was younger, I said when I was younger, (laughs) I said when (laughs) I was younger, uh, trusting God, trusting came easy because I had yet to experience disappointment. It's easy to trust when you are the one being cared for. I said it's easy to one. Easy to trust when, 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 when your bills are being paid by somebody else. Yeah. I said it's easy to trust when, when, when the bills and the burdens are not falling on your shoulders. Yeah. But when we come into adulthood and when we become the ones caring for everyone else, we oftentimes, listen now, lose sight that someone is caring for us. Yeah. And I'm talking to somebody who's struggling. To make sense out of the pain and the heartache of last year. 
I'm talking to somebody who's grappling with a painful medical diagnosis. I'm talking to somebody who's trying to comprehend why their relationships have ended. I'm talking to somebody who's about to fall out due to financial difficulty. I'm talking to somebody who's dealing with the difficulty of death. I said I'm talking to somebody who's coping with the challenge of parenting and you're growing weary. I got good news for you. The good news is, my brothers and sisters, that you can trust God when your marriage is in trouble. You can trust God when you long for a companion. You can trust God when you're pressed financially. You can trust God when you lose your health. You can trust, I thought I was going to have some help here. You can trust God when friends and families have sinned against you. You can trust God when you lose a loved one and you can still trust God when you are facing death. The songwriter said, trust and obey, for there is no other way. To be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. You see, when you trust God, you are depending on the ableness of God. Is there anyone who knows that God is able? I said, can I get at least three or four witnesses who would testify that the God that we serve is an able God? I said, he's able, I tell you. Come here, Kirk Franklin, tell God's people about the ableness of God. Kirk said, he's able. He's able. He says, I know that he can do it. Uh, He said he'd bring me through it. He's able. He says, hold on, my brother, your change is going to come. Be strong, my sister, for your work is not done. Keep on believing and hold on tight. I wish I had some help. He's able to bring you joy in the morning light. Somebody ought to shout, he's able. He's able, he's able, he is able. I don't know about you, but I can attest to the fact that in spite of God's ableness, trouble and hardship, distress and difficulties, can cause you to grow tired. Uh-huh. I don't care who you are. If you're experiencing trouble, if you experience trouble long enough, even the strongest of the strong become weary. I wish I had some help here. And after a while, you get tired of being tired. And then you just grow weary. And after a while, I said you just get tired of being tired. And then you just grow weary. I said after a while you just get tired of being tired. And then you just grow weary. And oh brothers and sisters I've come to realize something about being weary. Being a child of God doesn't exempt you from times of weariness. Being a child of God, being a devoted follower of Jesus, being a member of the faith community will not exempt us from times of weariness. Even those who walk with the master will experience times of weariness. In our text, David is in the midst of times of hardship and trouble. And David had seen the wicked get over so many times. I said so many times. David had seen him get over so many times until he had become weary. Long-term trouble. Long-term hardship. Long-term stress will cause us to become weary. Yeah, yes, sir. 
And it was here in this time of weariness that David seeks to encourage the people of God that it's time to break through some barriers. And my brothers and sisters, whoever I'm talking to, we can, we can and we must trust God. Because to trust God means to believe his promises and to know that he can always be depended upon. Can I get at least one witness? If you can identify the barriers of your trust, your life is about to change. If you can identify the barrier, uh, your future will look brighter. If you identify the barriers, your light will shine brighter. You are about to have the best year of your life when you place your confidence. Your trust and your fidelity in God. The Bible says trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. But in all of your ways acknowledge him. And what will he do? He shall direct. I wish I had some. Direct your path. Hmm. Here's one of the barriers that we must deal with. One of the barriers, my brothers and sisters, that we must deal with, particularly in this brand new year, if we're going to have the best year of our life, is the barrier of business. I said the barrier of businesses. We are almost always busy. I know y'all don't want to say amen. If you can't say amen, say ouch. But we are almost always busy. You call a friend and they tell you they busy. Problem is, is our jam-packed schedules tell us, uh, make it hard for us to schedule time to get together with friends and family. Or even some a long time with self. We are just too busy. Business, my brothers and sisters, have gotten the best of us. And I come by to tell somebody that none of us are exempt from being too busy. I have to testify that I too am guilty because my life is crazy busy. And I'm not saying that to brag or to boast. I'm testifying that I'm the chief of sinners when it comes to a jam-packed schedule. But don't you dare look at me sideways. Don't you dare look at me with those eyes. Don't you dare judge me. Don't you dare look at me with disdain because for many of us, our business is necessary to our survival. We have grown accustomed to living busy lives. Do you not realize that futurists some years ago, many years ago, told us that our generation would have so much spare time until in 1967 they testified before the Senate subcommittee that the average work week for an American would be just 22 hours. Y'all missed that? Futurists told us because of the advances in technology, because of the speed of where we were going, that our generation would only have to work 22 hours out of a week. Somebody say that's a lie. 
because the truth of the matter is yet here we are living in an age where it is unthinkable that many of us work at least 50 hours a week. We are living in one of the most overworked nations in this world. We got the best transportation. We have the best technology. We have the best education. We got the best financial systems. We have the best methods and the strategies. And yet we are still too busy. Yet I hear somebody, I see somebody online or somebody in the building, they're leaning in and listening closely because there is a part of you that is unwilling to settle for the status quo. Regardless to your race, our creed, our color, regardless to our educational status, regardless to our age, it is one of those things that all of us have got in common. And that is we need rest. Say what you will. But there's a need for rest. And oh, brothers and sisters, we may have many needs in this life, but I come to realize that though we've got many needs, none of them can exempt us from the need to rest. Rest is one of those things that's essential to our well-being. I thought I was going to have at least four or five amens right there. I thought I had somebody who was going to get up and jump his shoulder and say, thank you, Pastor, for telling me that I need to rest. David says in verse number seven, to rest and to wait. You need to realize that the word rest in the text means to stop, to be silent, and to be still. And I want to know how much richer would our life be if we would just get some rest. We can tell when we've gone too long without some rest. Can I get a witness here? Yeah. Help me when you can. Right. When, when, when our rest has been limited, our, our temper rises. Yeah. Okay, let me try one more time. I say when our rest gets bad, our attitude gets bad. Okay, let me try one more time. I say when our, when our rest is limited, our blood pressure rises. When our rest is limited, we find ourselves doing things and saying things that we would not have said, not have done if we had not been in this whirlwind condition. We are not our best selves. I come to tell somebody that we are not our best selves when we lack rest. Rest is essential to our well-being. We know it's essential because when we were younger, we were taught there needed to be a proper time to go to bed. Can I get one witness here? We were told that we had to have a proper number of hours to go to sleep. Because rest ranks amongst one of those tremendous needs that each and every one of us possess. David says, rest. But one of the barriers we need to break through is the barrier of busyness. Busyness can be broken can be broken if we focus on the practice. Are y'all listening to me? Business can be broken if we focus on the practice of self-care. We don't talk a whole lot about self-care. We don't talk a whole lot about self-care. I said we don't talk a whole lot about self-care. In fact, the church 
has been silent in regards to this needed necessity, which is self-care. But if you're going to have a good year, we're going to have to learn how to take care of self. Can I get a witness here? And we cannot allow anybody. Lord, have mercy. We can't allow the church. We cannot allow your children. We cannot allow your co-workers. We cannot allow your company to interfere with your need to have self-care. Oh, I know we're going to have crises in our life, but not at the expense of our self-care. One of the barriers we need to break through is the barrier of business. And if you want to have the best year, you can't allow anyone. I said the church, your companion, your companion or your children to guilt you, to restrict you, to cause you to contradict your commitment to care for yourself. In fact, I've just decided this this year I'm not letting no Negro interfere with my need for self-care. Can I get a witness here? Do y'all not realize why it's called self-care? Yeah. It's called self-care because you have to do it. Yeah. Nobody else can care for you but Lord have mercy. But you. It's self-care because we got to do it ourselves. And if you desire to have the best year of your life, you're going to have to honor your, con- your commitment. To take care of you. Don't let nobody guilt you. Into looking after you. Not your mama. Not your daddy. Not your husband or your wife. Or your children. If you need to take care of you. Lord have mercy. You need to stop. That's what the text says. You need to get still. You need to isolate. And take care of you. Yes. When you feel overwhelmed, mm-hmm. when you feel worn down and burned out, mm-hmm. self-care yes. is what you need. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, because it's, it, it's hot like the devil in here. <laughs> I don't know who brought him in here. <laughs> but he's going to have to go today. When, when you feel overwhelmed and when you feel worn out and burned out, self-care, I said, is what you need. Yes, sir. Your overall wellness Depends upon it. How are you going to bless somebody else? How are you going to care for others when you have neglected yourself? Do you not realize that your mind needs self-care? That your body needs self-care? That they need special attention. Mm -hmm. I hear you thinking. Mm -hmm. I said I hear your thoughts. How am I supposed to practice self-care when I'm the glue in the family? And the bond of the friendships. How am I to practice self-care when I'm the one who takes care of others? How am I to look after me when the well-being of others are at the expense of self? I'm the physical support. I'm the emotional support. And I'm the financial support. I'm the teacher and the nurturer. And I'm the builder. Lord have mercy. I'm the builder. But I've been sent to tell you that it's time to take care of your mind, your body, your soul, and
in your spirit or you will die silently. Yes, you will. Don't allow the flow of your life to become so full until you forget to take care of yourself. Because here it is, you will never accidentally stumble (laughs) into self-care. You must manage it. Are y'all listening to me? You're not going to accidentally stumble into it. But we got to manage it. Just like we schedule appointments. We got to schedule self-care. And then we got to guard it with your life. My brother and sister, my most embarrassed to tell her, I'm guilty. I said, I'm the chief of sinners. I remember one year I was working full time in ministry, been working full time literally almost all of my preaching career. And I was out doing some work, cutting grass on a nine acre campsite. And I was out there by myself, cutting grass in the month of March. And, uh, I'm talking on the phone to one of my chief volunteers. And I'm sharing with him. I don't want nobody out here working by themselves. I'm guilty. And one of the reasons I did that and I said that is because I was younger at the time. 20, 30 years younger to be exact. And they were much older than I was. So I'm looking out, Carl, for their benefit. I said, Deke, I don't want nobody out here working by themselves. I want two-man rotations, and I want to know what the schedule is and so that I can coordinate food and drink and so that we can know that when you're going to be out here so that somebody can drive by to make sure everything's all right. right. Lo and behold, I get overcome by the sun. And I come off the lawnmower. And when I come to, I'm looking up at the noonday sun. And when I try to stand up, I, I discover that I cannot stand. I instantly fall back to the ground. And it dawns on me. And I, and I was out like a light. I said, I, this is out number two. I'm out like a light. When I come to again, I discover that I can't stand up. The property is nine acres large. And I'm nine acres deep. And my vehicle is Nine acres forward. I can't get up and walk. I I have to crawl. As far as I could go. And I would crawl and I would pass out again. And I would crawl a little bit further and I would pass out one more time. And Sierra, in the process of this, I called the church. We had a full-time staff at the time. I called the church and nobody answered the phone. In fact, when God healed me, when God brought me back, I, I, I preached a sermon entitled, What Happens When the Church Doesn't Respond? <laughs> the only person I was able to call was my mama. And I, I made it now, I made it up to the front of the property. I said I made it up to the front of the property. It dawned on me that I had some water in the back of my vehicle and I was just borderline heat exhaustion. And I, I raised the trunk up, took the bottle of water out, took one sip and I was out again. 
This time I came to, I was underneath my vehicle looking up at the gas tank saying, mm, sure is dirty under here. <laughs> I crawled a little bit further because we had just built brand new building on the, on the site. But when I got there, I turned the air conditioner on and I, I said, if I can just make it on the inside, I could cool down and, and, and get a, a good sip of water and I'd be all right. But my brothers and sisters, I never made it on the inside. My, my mother found me. My mother and my nephew, they found me at the threshold of the door. Never made it in. And brothers and sisters, when I, here it is, a few weeks later, I was on my way to, to Orlando, Florida to meet with a group of next level leaders. The dawns on me that I am the one who's guilty of not practicing Self-care. If you don't take care of you, nobody else will. If I had died on that March day, my wife would have been without a husband. Children would have been without a father. The church would have had a good funeral. They'd have shouted and celebrated and sang, but then they'd have moved on. They'd have replaced me. Y'all not hearing me. I'm trying to tell you, if you're going to have a good year, you're going to have to learn how to take care of yourself. The barrier in the text, David says, is we got to learn how to rest. And we don't accidentally stumble into self-care. We've got to learn how to manage it. But wait a minute, there's another barrier in the text and we're going to be getting out of here. The barrier in the text, David says, rest in the Lord. Not only must we care, must we break through to self-care, but we must also develop spiritual care. Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for him. I said we need self-care, but we also must have soul care. It is the soul care that helps us cope in times of stress and distress. When times get hard and it seems difficult to push on, our times with God become the fuel that we need. Yeah. The other day, y'all, I'm embarrassed to tell you, I'm embarrassed to tell you, I'm testifying all day today. Because this message might not be for you, it's sure enough for me. But the other day was a difficult day. It was a tough day of meetings and planning and hospital visits and doctor's appointments with mom and phone calls and programming and video editing. And when I left home that morning, the fuel lamp in my car was on. It was shining bright like the noonday sun, but I ignored it. I had things to do, schedule to keep, places to go and people to see, business to attend to, so I carried on. I passed station after station after station. Can I tell y'all how good God is? I went from, from not from Spring, Texas, all the way to the medical center with the light on. Y'all not hearing me. I said the light was on. The light was on. And when, when, when mom finished her appointments at the medical center, the light was still on. And instead of me stopping, I kept driving with the light on. Y'all not hear me? You laughing too hard over there. Here it is. But wait a minute. I discovered something, y'all. That the vehicle has a button. That if you press the button, it would tell you 
how many miles you got left. That's right. yeah, yeah. Lord, yeah. even though the light was on, uh-huh. I wasn't yet on empty. Uh-huh. Even though the light was on, I still had a little fuel in the tank. Yeah, yeah. Even though the light was on, yeah. it told me that I still had a few more miles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, y'all don't hear me yet. And here it is, here it is, here it is. Not only must we break through the self-care, we must also develop spiritual care. Mm-hmm. Let me tell y'all, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. Uh, the lamp, somebody in here today, the lamp of our lives have been shining bright like the noonday sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flashing and alerting us of our need for soul care. But our schedule's been too full. Mm-hmm. We got places to go. Yeah. People to see business to attend until we neglect our time with God. A car without fuel, can I get a witness here? We'll die. And I come to testify that a soul without God will will not be able to overcome life's challenges. But we must make a conscious effort to pull over and refuel. Yes, be refueled by God. Because God uh, is the fuel of our encouragement. That God is the growth in our grace. And we must hear and heed his warning to rest in him. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another uplifting and inspiring message by Pastor Hubbard and the staff of Life on the Ship. For more information about our church, go to connectingfellowship.org. We are Connecting Fellowship connecting people to Christ, church, and community. Thank you again for listening. Have a great week, and God bless you.